Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Middle Falls Christian Center. Oh dear Lord, how much we love you and you commanded us to love one another. And this is a very important time in everybody's life. This is the time where direction is taken, decisions are made. They need to hear from you, Lord. They need to hear very clearly. They have to interpret accurately. How is it that any man could teach them these things except the Holy Spirit teaches, except the Holy Spirit leads? And you point out those things that are ahead and how we should negotiate them. For Lord, it's, it's very clear that you love your people. It's very clear. In this, we have no doubt. You love everybody in this place with such a love as cannot be described. And because of this, they're not to be soon shaken by any message or word or a news event or anything else that is of the news of this world driven by demons of hell, the world system that speaks continuously, driving lies in the hearts of many people and into their minds. But we know the truth, and you're the truth, but you're also the door. And the fire that we face is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What we want is so much of your Spirit. For Lord, you will take care of this year. We know troubled waters are ahead. We know that they are like rapids in a stream. We know that we're going down the stream. Nothing can stop this which you have said from the beginning of time. And people are concerned unnecessary and they worry unnecessary and they imagine things that will never take place. Lord God Almighty, bring peace, bring peace for you are the Prince of Peace, the King of Glory. Let the peace of God flood their hearts and know this tonight that the Lord your God is able in every way that you can think and not think or imagine to take care of you in the future that lies ahead of you. Only draw near to the Lord your God fervently when you do so, sincerely when you do so, in truth when you do so, in purity, turning away from everything that's evil, searching for the Lord with all of your heart. For then the Lord says, then you will find me if you search for me in this time and especially in this time if you search for me with all your heart. For I will take your hand and my spirit will guide you as I have guided my people throughout the ages. A pillar of fire at the night to lead you through darkness. The cloud by day, the cloud of my glory that I will give you shade and comfort and peace and rest. How is it then that you would open up your ears to negative talk? How is it then that you, some of you even spread that negative talk, invoking fear and doubt in the hearts of many? How is it then that they have forgotten my word as you spoke to me this day in the study? How many have forgotten your word? How many have turned away from your word? And they've gone for the things of the word, they, the world, and they'd rather believe that, Lord. Yet you've spoken in the night, in the darkness, in the cloud of the day. Yes, even in the cloud of the glory of the Lord. And your presence have now filled this place. Now you're here, and we are here. And there's faith combined of all. The corporate faith of all your people that look towards heaven, and Lord, never to a man, never to just people, but always focused on God. And let the things which are of God and that you've spoken in your word by your covenant with us come to pass in our lives. We want you to perform your word in our lives, through our lives, 
Make us very receptive to what you're saying to us. Do it every day of our life. For we face the future with boldness. Yes, we know the enemy has a plan. Yes, we know the enemy wants to execute secrets. And we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. Have we not seen that in the Spirit? Have you not shown that to me in the Spirit? And so, Lord, the battle, oh yes, indeed, belongs to the Lord. For as the church arises and as the church prays, the protection of the enemy has fled from your presence. And there is no enemy except those who are the forces of darkness. No humankind, for we shall love one another, but we shall surely walk in the Spirit and do warfare according to the Spirit, according to the Word of God. For the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we have identified the enemy. And the enemy has even fled from this place. This night we're surrounded indeed. I have noticed this by your holy angels. On all sides with the flaming swords of heaven above. With the power of your spirit in the midst of us. With the wall of fire of your Holy Spirit around us. We shall move forward in faith, in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and also in the power of your word. Put your word upon our lips. Bring revelation to our minds and speak to our hearts. And let us take the direction of the Almighty God all the days of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Give the Lord a praise offering, everybody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Blessed be His holy name. Amen. Don't you think that song that they've sung again is just magnificent? Amen. 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 It's just so good. You may all take your seats. Thank you much, very much, everybody. What a, what a day for me. Spend this day, particularly this afternoon, constantly in the presence of the Lord. Constantly. And then I would go out and then come back again. Because truly... What I'm trying to do is to teach and to train people to spiritually hear and know what God is saying to you, to perceive. And it's like unavoidably, here on my computer, if I do just that and I do that, I have here the whole lecture course it will take me about 18 periods of teaching to get to the school of the prophets and get through it. It's a lot of work that's there and it's documented, maybe sometime. You know, we have courses that we need to do in the Bible school. And often I thought to myself, shall I bring a course like this into the Bible school or as a special course that people know about it? Because it covers 27%, almost a third of your Bible. And uh, it's not just eschatology. A lot of people teach eschatology without a prophetic anointing. They might have the intellectual capacity and academical prowess or whatever you want to call it, but you need to have the prophetic anointing on these scriptures, otherwise you don't understand them. The book of Revelation is just one. I see ministers run every direction. Few run straight into the book. It's just like that, you know. Now, the first thing I need to say to you tonight in trying to give you direction because truly today I sat and I start in a myriad of scriptures. My whole mind is just filled with scriptures running to and fro. I jump to the computer, I put some down and then I have the next, again, next thought, again the same thing happens. Ultimately I said, Lord, I need to, I need to just, I need to just talk to the people and speak to them. Tonight I won't preach like last night. I will teach so I will put a teaching cap on and I will begin to coach. And then there are things that we can deploy that would highly enhance your hearing from God. But the first thing, that no matter which way and which direction I take, uh, I spoke on Saturday morning about the word that says, no soldier that wars entangles himself in the affairs of this life. And then I typed, slow down, 
and get solitude. Slow down. Separate yourself. You want to hear from God? You want to hear this hear from God? Slow down. Now, with that being said, the slow down, and I'm slowing down with great purpose tonight so that I give you, give you some meat here, real substance on the situation. With that slowing down, you need to understand that you have to have a constant as a point of reference when you want to hear from God. There's got to be a constant. Now, if, if I could recommend a constant, okay, what is a constant? If you take, for example, in physics, let's say the, the speed of light. The speed of light is 186,000 miles per second or 300,000 kilometers per second, roughly seven times around the earth in one second, but let's call it 300,000 kilometers a second. So that is what you call a constant. That's the one thing by which mathematics can be uh, done and uh, calculations can now be done in terms of covering the universe. So we'd say uh, the stars are X or Y or Z this far, say four and a half light years from Earth. We have the alpha, beta, uh, and uh, delta. And then, of course, the uh, uh, Centauri Proxima that we have is the closest one of the, of the um, Alpha Centauri configuration of stars out there. It's like a cluster. And uh, so the constant that uses to, uh, that's used to meet, to measure that distance always, and the laws of physics build around that, that constant is always there. So Einstein spent a lot of time working around that constant about the universe. But enough of physics. The constant that you always need to have near you. And I do really think a lot of people need this, is what you simply call a journal. Even a diary type of journal. But you really need to make the effort of getting a journal. For me, I don't easily remember these things. In fact, I could close this down and talk for the rest of the night and on until tomorrow. It's no problem to me whatsoever. But for, for, for most people, to remember the yesterday, there needs to be a documentation of my time with God today. Now the beauty of that is almost like, almost like, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever say forget about it, but it's almost like, let's put it in inverted commas, forgetting about what you wrote yesterday. And then go into the closet, alone solitude. Everybody say alone. Not even, I don't even, at such times, Maud sitting here, I don't even go with Maud. I am alone. Where is she now, by the way? She's somewhere else. Is she behind? All right. Um, so the fact of the matter is, uh, there is this time that I have to be alone. That's when I tell her, um, I'm now closing the door. I'm now going with God. I'm either praying, but I'm now busy with the Lord. The, 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 that is the point where everything is switched off of this world. And I really am not interested in any trouble, any uh, burden. It is a time where I bring everything to a standstill, be still, and know that I am God. You know the song. Be still and know that I am God. You know that, that one? I am the God that healeth thee. You know the whole song. I oh, know you don't know the song. Maybe you know the song. But I, 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 you know, when I was just got to the Lord, when I just committed my life to the Lord, I joined the prayer meetings. I joined every Sunday service. I joined even the choir. And as I was singing in the choir, and we were going on merrily, merrily with that until the Lord took me to the first the theological college and then later on to Bible school and so on and so forth. But the constant is follow now very carefully because this is where the training begins. You write down, you write down, you write down. You have a thought come to your mind, you search for a scripture, 
and the thought builds. Now, if you then take, for example, a week or more, and you then look for the points that are, the Lord's always been saying this to you. This is what you perceived. And uh, two days later, you were back to it. And um, four days later, you're there again. Maybe you come from this side, maybe you come from that side. But I think the most important thing is that I create a constant as a point of reference. So the constant becomes this journal or like a prophetic type of journal of your life because I believe the Lord said, my sheep hear my voice. I believe we do hear his voice, now don't we? So with that in mind, my heart goes very strongly in the direction of saying, but what has he been saying to me all this month already? See, and when he says to you, he's not gonna say to the left now and to the right tomorrow, and then up and then down, and then one step back and one step forward. God does not work like that. He's always moving forward. The cloud of the glory moves on. The nation had to stay with that cloud during the day and the pillar of fire through the night. They had to stay with God. People fall behind. And you know, like if I take, for example, Hebrews chapter 6 and 1, uh, you know, that there, Paul says, let's not, let's not, you know, again lay the foundations of the meager principles. I believe Paul was the one that wrote that, but if I study that text there, there's no question about it. The author is Paul, and I didn't think at that time he wanted it to be known to the Jewish population that he's actually writing the book to the Hebrews. And laying aside these principles, let us not again lay the foundation of repentance of dead works. Repentance from dead works. And then number two, faith toward God. Number three, the doctrine of baptism. Number four, the resurrection of the dead. Number five, eternal judgment. Let's not do that again, but we shall move on. Because why? Because God moves on. So my constant is my point of reference on a daily basis and then evaluation over a period. I measure then what I have been receiving all the time. God speaks differently, let me tell you, to every one of us, but he's even aware if a bird dies in the field. He's aware if, you know, the Jewish people says the Lord even knows when a leaf falls from a tree and hits the ground. He's very much aware of it. Everything in nature, the Lord is aware of. How much more his children and you. Now, with this constant of of knowing I've got to spend time, I've got to write down, I've got to have this. I've got to be alone and I must be totally, totally abolish. Let me use a, a terminology I don't like. No worries, no concerns, just peace. Just get to a state of peace. Just get to a state where nothing is troubling you now. And as I taught in 1986, I taught the students, when your heart is not burdened, it becomes like, almost like a beautiful butterfly that floats on the wind of the Holy Spirit. There you are, or like an eagle, that uh, particularly the, the battlier eagle is, is like a, a, one of these trapeze artists, you know, those that walk on a tightrope with a long pole and balance. It's like the battlier eagle and your, your, your spirit, is there where you start sensing the direction of the Holy Spirit. But you've got to come to a standstill. And you've got to be alone with your Savior as much as you can. But for people who are busy and have busyness, you have to find a time in your day. I do find the best time. I talk to God all this afternoon. In prayer, I speak to Him all the time. And I ask him questions all the time. And I was reasoning before the Lord. I said, you know what, Lord? It is, if I say to the people, do it this way, what then is the best time? It's the time when you are best not falling asleep when you go into solitude. Because you're going to need time to be quiet. In the cell church world, we used to call people that talk too much, we, we call them motor mouths. 
They always want to say something. In a home cell, they talk more than any, anything else. It became quite a problem because certain people would just now sit there and wara wara, and, and then ultimately we sat, we thought, okay, now how do we deal with the motor mouth? And the cell leader then would take the motor mouth after the cell meeting, one side, and say, come here. He would draw a little diary, or diagram, should I say, of every person in the, in the ring, sitting in the cell meeting, and then put the name there. And then when he does that, um, every time somebody says something, he draws a line from this person to that person that he's spoken to. Line, line, line. Every time there's a communication. The formula for communication lines is N times N minus N. But okay, let's not get there because my time won't allow that. But um, if you take the communication lines, you take it, you show it to a person, say, do you know that the whole night you were the one that's spreading the communication lines? Now, when are you going to give poor Pastor Mtatu a chance to say something? Amen? Poor Jacques, he wants to say something. He sits there and he goes, and the motor mouth speaks. And then he thinks, that's my gap. And the mouth says, motor mouth says, no, but I tell you something else. And ultimately, if you take the diagram and put it in front of somebody, a motor mouth, somebody that just talks plainly too much. And so you've got to get to the point where you slow down everything so that you can now listen. And this is the most amazing thing, what I call prophetic impressions. It's very difficult for me because here on my computer sits 20, 21 levels of and counting of prophetic revelation in the Bible. You find it all over in the Bible. I've jotted it down as I went along, built the whole document. There's a whole thing here, like a book that I can print out, lots of material. But it's, it's like you've got to get to the point where you get to peace. Now, that being said, let there be no television, no magazine, no cell phone, anything near you. Switch that thing off. Cell phones will become a thing of the future. I was looking in project, projections of uh, researchers of where the cell phone is going to, the cell phone as a device, and where it's going to uh, de develop into, metamorphosize, what is going, what's the future. The point is that that thing becomes more and more part of people's lives controlling them. You have to, but you have to switch the thing off for the sake of God Almighty who wants to talk to you. It's just like that. That's the first thing. The second thing is, once you've got there, maybe you want to go with me to Job 22, because today in my, in my um, uh, solitude, this chapter of the Bible suddenly came to my mind. Job 22. And I'm going to read it here from the Amplified Bible, or the New Amplified Bible, and I'll take it to... 21st verse. Now, I'm just going to take three verses to help you with this. Tomorrow night, I want to unleash the first part of the sword of the Spirit concerning your striking power, okay? At the, against the enemy, of course. But at the same time, putting fire in your mouth when you are busy communicating with God or when the situation arises. And then the following night, I want to take another dimension, how to bring the presence of God. What do I do to get the presence of God in my study? I do certain things religiously. Why? Because experiential, the great teacher of experience. And secondly, because of the fact that I experience the presence of God. Somebody said to you, Pastor, do you really feel the use presence? Oh, but definitely, definitely it's there. It's on me right now. From the here at the top of my head, I feel it running down my spine. There is like, it's like a glow. It's a wonderful feeling. I have it all the time. But particularly when I have prayed, I spend time with God. Now, in Job 22, 21, quickly. Now yield and submit yourself to him. Agree with God 
and be conformed to his will and be at peace. I mean, the Lord takes me to Job 22, 21 unexpectedly today. I mean, I did. That was like from nowhere. Now yield. You must yield to God, not to the devil, not to the things of the world. And then submit yourself. I used to say often in times past, the measure to which you really submit to God is the measure wherewith you can actually resist the devil. Submit yourself to God and resist the devil, he will flee. So you've got to yield your, your whole being to God. Let's just go on with this. And agree with God and be conformed to his will. That's found in his word and be at peace. Now, with that again, I'm going to read from the classic Amplified, the older one, because this one sits in my memory and I remember this immediately. But I'm going to read it to you from the old Amplifier, for Amplified Bible. It says, and let the peace, in brackets, soul harmony. Your mind is now in the state where you're listening to God. Be still and know that I am God. Let the peace, the soul harmony, which comes from Christ, Rule and act as an umpire, a skatesrechter, continually in your hearts. What must rule in your heart? Peace. You have to get yourself to a state of peace. Now, I want to say something to everybody here. You know, there's no such thing as faking it when you come to God. You know, we counsel people. Through the years, I've counseled people. And... Um, People have become masters at hiding things. They just hide away. You know, they're, they're always secrets that they hide away. And if you counsel them, they don't come clean. They don't get real. So you give the advice, but it's based on a, 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 like a, a platform that's not been completed. If you had a solid platform, you can read the story. May I say to you, I'm a father and I'm a grandfather, eight grandchildren, and I can tell you now, maybe soon I'll even be a great-grandfather. But the fact of the matter is I'm a pastor for long years, and I'm a leader among the leaders, and I have counseled, and that's a dung, not a thing I, that people get up to that I haven't yet heard yet. I've heard it all. I mean, so if you're a minister trained with counseling, you've got to get rid of this stuff. You can't get peace if you don't get rid of the stuff. And the way out is confessing your faults to one another and, and pray for one another that you may be healed. It is like this. You speak it out of your life. You come clean. The problem is that we were taught, even when I did the university course on, on counseling, we were taught that people need to be able to trust you. The biggest problem with counseling today on the planet is People don't trust what you're saying. You're, or, or if they tell you, then you're going to go out there, did you know what Jack, I hope your name's not Jack. <laughs> I hope there's no Jack around you, but I'm going to use the name as a, a name. Do you know what Jack really does? Mm, I know his secret. It's the, it's the greatest, I've got to tell somebody also. The second person told, tells the third person with no restraint, tells the fourth person, and then that counsel that takes place before God that's supposed to go down into the grave with a counselor spreads out. So you want to trust the person that counsel you. So they taught us the first thing you teach in counseling, the very first thing is, Start cultivating trust. And then write down. Be a good listener to the people when you are busy with counseling. Make the people come to the point where they open up. Now, if you come to God, how much more? Because people have things they have to deal with. They don't deal with those things. Neither do they seek the help. Or they come and they want prayer. And you pray for them. You can pray for them until their heads, all their hair are gone on top. Lay hands, lay hands, lay hands. But there is something hiding in their world system that blocks out God's communication. 
We got to get real on this issue. Let me tell you something. I thought today, I, I prayed for you today, and I thought, Lord, they've all got problems. They all battle. They all want to hear what God has to say for them. I mean, after all, this is the Holy Spirit fire conference. They want to know. Then they want the baptism of fire. They want the fire burning bright in their hearts. In the weekend, there's going to be a major move of the fire of God in this place. And over these two nights, I'm going to activate two dimensions, which is very necessary. Tomorrow and the following night. This coming clean, you can't fake it. It's like I'm trying to sidestep being real, being truthful, so people walk with bondage. They are bound by these hojas, bugs, that are just like ticks spiritually in their lives, and they don't get any further. Entanglement involves that. Entanglement actually in the Hebrew means to be in a state of confusion, not knowing where you're going. So you go in a prayer session, you go out of the prayer session, you haven't done another thing. Mark 11 verse 25. Now there are many verses on this, but I, I could easily use Mark 11, 25. It says, and when you stand praying, or when you kneel praying, or when you're on your face praying, then it says, forgive, forgive. Everybody say forgive. This is the roadway to hear from God. I ride a horse called experience, you know. I cannot afford, the Lord knows, I can't afford, I really cannot afford to walk with hatred, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness in my heart. Deal with that thing. Get it out. The Greek for forgive in this context, and it just come to my mind, is a Greek word, afiemi. Now that word means to send it away from you. Send that, confess it out to God. If you need to go to somebody, make right with that person, do that. Get it away from you. It means the Greek definition would be a sending away. In other words, it works like this. Mortal know exactly what I'm talking about. But I'm going to use my son here as an example, Frank. Take this thing. Now, please go sit again. He's now got a piece of paper there, and he's got a thing against me. All right? He's got a thing against me. He's sitting there, and he's got a thing against me. You're sitting there, and you've got a thing against somebody else. But you want to hear from God this year. You want to be desperate. You don't want to confess those faults, but also you walk around in bitterness. So you want to hear from God because we need to hear from God, you know, especially this year. So you want to hear from God, but he's got a thing against me. So there he sits with a thing that he's got against me. Now, the only way is to let go. Notice that he sits with a paper and a thing, but I've got nothing. I'm not even aware of it. I don't even know about it, but he's got a thing against me. So who's got the thing? He's got the thing. Do you understand that? And th that means the Greek word for that. Throw it away. There it goes, gone. The Greek word is send it away. Send it away from you. Don't, I prayed for people with cancer that were one woman she had, she looked months pregnant. I mean she was big with pregnancy. Only she was not pregnant. Her stomach was like that because of cancer. She'd been raped by a young man. He left her when she was impregnated and there was a child in the womb. Then she was again abused by her father. She went to a father and molested her. That's a curse on the earth. Molested her. And then he kicked her out and she was on the street. She was completely destitute with nowhere to go. And this hatred, this bitterness that came in her and that day I had her properly forgive. When I wanted to even start praying, I closed my eyes and I said, Lord, thank you that she's finally managed to by name, name them, forgive them. That there was some sound there. And I looked and the woman's on the ground. 
She had fallen straight over under the power of God. I'm, I'm just I'm busy praying. Here's, she, she's lying on the ground. And there are one or two other Christians there present. It was in a chapel that we did this. She got off the ground. She went straight to the doctor. Something happened in her body right there and then. They then retested and found not a single trace of cancer in her body. I've had that more than once now. People get like that. Oh, I've, I mean, I could tell you stories, but I don't want to tell you tonight. The, the, it'll, it'll come to that. And I see Erica sitting there. She knows what I'm talking about. I don't know if she was there that day when I ministered that lady. Okay. So, the, the, the important thing here is the peace of God has to be there. Get rid, confess your faults to the Lord. If you have something to make right with anybody, go make it right. Get up and go at it. Do something about it. It is like a ball and chain spiritually to people. Now, I was here on Job chapter 22 and uh, verse 21. Uh, 21, 22, 21, yeah, 22:21. And then the next verse says, well, actually not even the next verse. It says, now in this way, you will then prosper and you will become great, amplified. Good will come to you. Beautiful, beautiful here in the ancient Hebrew. Now yield and submit yourself to him, that's God. Agree with God and be conformed to his will, again God, and be at peace. In this way you will prosper and great good will come to you. Next verse. Also please receive the law, the word of God. Receive the word of God and instruction from his mouth and establish his words in your heart and keep them. Establish his words and keep them. So knowledge of the Lord is vital in the person who wants to hear from God. Because, you know, what I find particularly in the prophetic is that it's highly sensitive to the word because it is, it is, it comes there, it's from the Holy Spirit, it's from God, but never in conflict with the Word of God. How many of you know if God says, I love you, that's the truth? How many of you believe tonight that Jesus loves you? Let me see your hands right now. That's the truth. So when you do that, um, when you have the Word in your heart, in your mind, you know, I don't, I, you know, this time is so little time. So very little time. Uh, you know, uh, Romans chapter number 12, that tells you, uh, and I beseech you therefore by the, by the mercies of God that you be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. James 1, 21, receive with meekness the engrafted word. That's where your mind is renewed. How many people in this place, may I ask you tonight, have been to Bible school so far? Any year, any time. Just wave with your hands. I was saying to somebody, this is an educated church. Now those who have not yet been to Bible school for whatever the reason, I want to tell you something. It's been, for me, like the Mount Everest point of glory in my life. It took me to another dimension. And I never want to go to the base plate again. I don't want to go to the base camp. I want to go up the mountain and meet with the Lord in a higher place than what I am. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Okay. So, quickly now. That's keep his word in your mouth. And then, Job 22, 23. Same area. If you return to the Almighty and submit and humble yourself before Him, you will be built up and you will be restored. If you remove unrighteousness far from your tent. If you return, it's the Hebrew word Shabbat, of Shabbat, which, which means I'm turning away from and I'm going to return to the Lord. Now I'm with God. Everything is now right. From this point, I can move on and I can get myself to a point where I am able to hear. The connection, 
the connection between the fire and the connection between the word. Listen to this now. Um, the Bible says, let me just go here to a scripture from my actual Bible. Deuteronomy 4 and 12. It says, and the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. Fire does a lot of things. One thing is that the, the Lord spoke out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of the words. Fire conference, midst of the fire, sound of the words. But you saw no form. Only you heard a voice. Just so well defined. Now having said that, you're ready for the next one. Acts 2 and 3. You heard the voice of the Lord from the fire. Acts 2 and 3 says, And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. See? And one sat upon each of them. Tongues of fire. Now God chose this time in the new covenant, the voice of the Lord comes through the fire. So the fire is the connection in your heart. Now we're going to look at getting that fire in your heart going again and restoring that flame because having the fire burn brightly in your heart is hearing better and better because fire does a couple of things. In the first place, it consumes the enemy. It's like eating up something, destroying something. All right, it consumes the enemy, but it also stands for huge passion, inspiration, enlightenment. In other words, if you look at the prophetic levels, where fire is light also, it gives light. And you need the fire to see what the light of that fire is showing you. Let me take you very quickly into the Ark of the Covenant area in the tabernacle in the wilderness with Moses. Let me say this to you. They had the tabernacle, and I, again, cutting this now short, it had the courtyard, okay, the Voorhof van Afrikaans, dan het je die heilige vertrek, the holy, holy place, and then the most holy place. The courtyard is akin to the flesh of man, spirit, soul, and body. The, the holy place is akin to the mind of man. And the most holy place is where God dwells within your heart. So if I look at the tabernacle as my model, as my point of reference, and I know that there needs to be sacrifices in the area of the flesh, so there was the brazen altar of sacrifice for all kinds of offerings of peace and sin before God, and bringing people into unity again and forgiveness before God. So God wants you to sacrifice the flesh, bring your flesh under control, not in command of what you do. Prayed a lot about that today. My goodness. I, I want to get back to that one. Just remind me that I get back to this one. Very important. Prayed a lot about it this afternoon. Then the soul is represented by the holy place, the heilige vertrek. That holy place has got one, two, three uh, furniture items. The first furniture item is the menorah, the flame, the sevenfold golden candlestick, the seven spirits of God. <clears throat> the spirit of the Lord, number one, central stem, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. If you look at that, as Isaiah describes it, then there are the, what you call the seven spirits of God. Seven spirits giving one light. What? It's burning with olive oil. On the top of the anointing oil, olive oil, very special oil called Yitzcha oil in the Hebrew, from Tekoa of the prophet uh, Amos. Amos just south of Jerusalem. You stand there on the mountains of Bethlehem. You look down there is Tekoa. That's where they brought the olives from their special purification process. The most powerful 
uh, and refined oil so there'd be no impurity or turbulence in the actual olive oil, but only olive oil, and it gets like white and shiny. It's not even gold in color or green. It's white. It's like water. It's that thin. goes into the golden candlestick. It burns now. The fire falls from God on the sacrifice outside, like with Moses and Solomon, lights up the altar. That coal, that fire that is there, the burning flame of that fire, they take that special shovels, they walk straight to the golden candlestick with that fire, the fire of God. They light the golden candlestick. Not with foreign fire or strange fire. It costs Adab and uh, Ahab, Adab and Abihu cost them their lives, the two sons of Aaron. They died right there because they tried to do their own way, think that they can come. It represents a foreign religion. You don't get to God with strange fire. So the fire of God gives light there. Right across from that table is the table of showbread, 12 loaves of bread. And the priest could partake of that bread. But you could see the bread Bread of life. The bread, bread of life, is the word of life. Man shall not live from bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the, from the mouth of God. So you could see what's going on with the bread. You can have insight into that dimension. With that, they go on with a shovel and put some burning coals with God's fire on the golden altar of incense, then mixing it with incense, the prayers of the saints going in Revelation 8 into the presence of God presented before the throne of God and an angel gathers those prayers and he pours them out on the, on the, on the altar which is before the throne. We're talking about heaven here. And then there proceeded voices and lightnings and thunders and the angels blew on the trumpet and the book of Revelation got going. It is a place of hyperactivity around the throne of God, the throne of all of creation. Everything created, both seen and unseen. So what do I need? I need that same fire. What kind of fire? Not strange fire. Not rituals, not customs, or yet another religion. There's only one, and that is the relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We become the body of Christ, saved, washed in the blood of Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, and that is the fire that we have to stir up. Do you understand that? Now, that fire is your light when you read the Bible. So I tell people... Please pray first, then read your Bible. Please pray first, particularly if you're trying to hear from God. You've got your constant, you're doing that, and now you pray. And now while you pray, you read the Bible, and suddenly the Scriptures are doing that to you. Suddenly you're getting all kinds of inspiration from the Scripture. You jot that down. Thoughts that come into your mind. You spend that hour with God. You book that time with the Lord. When you're wide awake, not when you're tired. When you are with the best part of your clear-mindedness, that you give to God. And then you do that and you pray. So Maud comes in and I collect what she writes. She writes little scriptures as she prays for the family. And I've got that. I treasure them. And they're with me. And I see her scriptures that she gets as she's reading the Bible. This is very, she writes it out. And she puts it next to a bed. All right, now we've moved. So a little bit different. There was a glass, glass, glass plate there on top of the sideboard. Whatever you call those things next to a bed. Huh? A pedestal. Hallelujah. Amen. You're never too old to learn, my friend. So he puts it down there. She puts it under the glass. I see, what is she written there? There's a verse. Next time, oh, there's another one. And I see her verses. And that's the heartbeat of my wife. I see it. That's important to her. What's important to you? Write it down. Get it there. You want to hear from God this year. Come on, give the Lord a praise offering, everybody. Hallelujah. Now, um, with that being said, I've got to be careful now because then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire and one set upon each of them. Romans 12 and 11 in the Amplified Bible. This one from the, uh, the classic Amplified. It says, never lag in zeal, in earnest endeavor, be aglow and burning with the Spirit. Be aglow 
and burning with the Spirit. You're not going to have revelation until you stir up the fire on the inside of your heart. Are you listening to me now? You have to take the Word of God, get yourself in prayer, and then stir up the fire. Because that fire connects with God's fire, God's fire, and is the fire of God already. So how far is God from you? Well, you know, you can't never say, if you've got the fire of God in your heart, never say, oh, my prayers don't even go past the ceiling. Your prayers, if, if you've got the flame here, your prayers are connected to the throne room. If you talk about the blood of Jesus, you've got covenant entrance into the throne room. If you now start with the next in the process, when you start stirring up that flame on the inside of you, and there's a method to it, which I need to get to, but look at that time. It's, it's really, you know, we start at 7 o'clock, it's already 8.30. Okay, I tell you what, tomorrow I proclaim a public holiday for all of you. <laughs> Amen. I tell you what, there's nobody moving in this place. You're all sitting and you're very, very, but I ride a horse called experience and the years have taught me things. Now we get to a place where Paul says to Timothy, I therefore remind you to stir up the gift of God that is within you by the laying on of my hands. Okay, in Acts chapter 19, for example, Paul had some people come to him and said, said, now they came from, I think it was Ephesus where they were, and they came to Paul, and he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? This is Acts 19. Just roughly quoting quickly. And then they said, no, they haven't heard of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, then with, with what baptism were you baptized? Oh, with the baptism of John. So they didn't have the full picture. So Paul brought them in the picture. Now, here's the important part. And Paul laid hands on them. And they got filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells you that. The moment there was the laying on of hands, there was the impartation of the Spirit from someone who had the flame. Okay, so from that moment in time, the flame was burning. Now, if you look at stirring up the flame, it is like, uh, I see in the dictionaries, if I look there in the Greek and the Hebrew, and I, I go into all these languages, but if I look at even Latin today, and I, I look at this, at this stirring up, it's like, I don't know if it's the right word even, but it talks about cinders, where a flame is like, it, it still shoots a little bit here and there, but it's really just glowing. It's really there, but it's really just glowing. So now, I've got to get myself to the baseline of ascension to my personal climb, let's call Everest a special mountain with special ability where the presence of God, you should actually talk about you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. You want to ascend to where the Lord is. Who shall ascend to the holy hill of the Lord? By the way, that's Psalm 34 of the year 2024. Psalm 34. It's connected to this year. Who shall ascend? So you've dealt with yourself. When you come and you have counseling with a pastor, don't beat about the bush. These men are all qualified. They're all seasoned ministers. They know how to deal with broken lives. And the, the worst of all is sometimes you find somebody doesn't want to confess something and that's a strong man evil spirit. You don't want to give the devil a topos, which means a surface to operate from. You don't want that. You want your heart pure. You want hands of innocence. You want to walk in the truth. You want to walk in the light. You want to make sure that now when I stir up the gift of God, I'm going to be praying in tongues particularly. Now there are dimensions of this which I have to address tomorrow night and then practice it tomorrow night because this is so important. You know, if I, if I think of, um, uh, let's, let's, for example, um, uh, Ephesians uh, 6, verse 18 and up to 20, it talks about these words, you know, praying always, it's verse 18, praying always with all manner of prayer in the Spirit. Uh, 
Everybody say in the Spirit. All right. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, 2, from there, 14 and 15, those verses, I see them in front of me. If you take that, it says, He who prays in an unknown tongue, okay, edifies himself, okay, edifies himself. What's the Greek word? I'm so glad you know about that Greek word there, and uh, you're asking me the question, and I'm saying to you that that Greek word means you're building up your house, which is the temple of God. When you pray in an unknown tongue, albeit no one understand it, however, in the Spirit, in the Spirit, He speaks mysteries. So there you go. Everybody else can think whatever they want to. I'm praying in tongues. I've got my worship music rolling in my study and I'm flat out in tongues. I'm just going. I would go one hour, two hours, this week, quite a lot of that. I do it even when I sit in the back here. It's just all the time, flowing in the Spirit, all the time, stirring up the gift. I need the flame to speak to you. I need the light of that flame. I need the illumination of that flame to expound the Bible. I need the fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and God wants it that way and with fire. Give Him a thank offering for that. It's very important. You're not going to pick this up in the world. So you take that verse there and then... Um, it says, and he that speaks in unknown tongues speaks not unto men, but unto God, and albeit in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Ephesians 6, 18. Praying therefore with all manner of prayer, I deploy every style, the 11 ways of praying. Every way that a man can pray on this earth, I use it, depending on what I'm busy praying. So there are different prayers deployed for different things. There are 11 of them. Then when you pray, to the best of your knowledge, the best you can do is when the Spirit of God prays through you. Okay? When you're praying, you don't understand necessarily. Well, the Lord can give you that. He's done that to me. But when you pray, your spirit prays, but your mind remains unfruitful. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15. Okay? For if I speak in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind remains unfruitful. My mind remains unfruitful. How be it then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. Pray in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, no man understands, but you speak mysteries to God. I will pray with the Spirit. Now, Ephesians 6, praying always with all manner of prayer in the Spirit. Now we go on and uh, we have, let me take one more there just quickly. Jude 20. One chapter, 20th verse. He says, but ye beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. That word building up is the same word, oikodomeo. You're busy building yourself up, praying in the Spirit and keeping yourself in love. So you're speaking in tongues. You're speaking in tongues. It's amazing. I do not know... 33 years of my life, I missed out on the baptism of fire of the Holy Spirit. I cannot imagine church without the flame of the Holy Spirit. I honestly, I can't bring a bunch of tra tradition here and rituals and customs and put on special cloaks and here got us dear and there got us dear and, and everybody walks like you're at a funeral all the time. You never, you know, it's like... like some rings a bell, some's got some stuff that they swing on a, on a little vial and it's incense. Van waar gehasie, dis mos nie in die Nieuwe Testament nie. Hallelujah. If they only listen to the word, today the Lord spoke to me, he says they never listen to my words in this country. Therefore, So Jude says, praying in the Spirit, keeping yourself in love, building yourselves up. Then Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God. I'll close with this verse. That's within you. Now you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some of you need 
stir up the gift of God, come for a second portion of let that flame suddenly come into fire. Can you say amen? amen. That you can shine, you know. There, you know, uh, grade one, that was, I was a teacher called Skonkin. Second grade was Skitta. And she said, here's a verse. Just take this verse. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 33. And actually, Matthew 5, 16. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine. So before all men. How do you let the light shine? Oh, this little light of mine. I'm going to make it shine without the fire. Without the fire. That fire is necessary. Be a glow and fervent. It's from the Greek word, the base word is there, tselos, which means to be a glow. <laughs> you know what the Greek says there? It says to be a glow like boiling so hot in your heart towards God, in warmth of your love. That's what you're doing. That's what we want this week. We're not busy with anything else. I've got to get you now, tomorrow night, to get your flames up. So this flame burns in your life. Because the moment you have the fire, the voice of the Lord comes clearly through the fire. Are you listening to me? Give the Lord a praise offering, everybody. Hallelujah. 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 Now, being a night of the week, I'm not going to keep the people, but anybody here who is not, you're not able to speak in tongues. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is all the time part of your prayer life. In fact, if I take today, if I put a percentage on my prayer with the understanding and my prayer in tongues, I would give about 5%, maybe if that much, praying with my understanding. The rest was all in tongues. Till now. All in tongues. Because I'm stirring up the flame, you see. It's all the time. Because I know what's happening. I'm busy building up flame. I'm busy building up light. Because now I can look and I can start ministering in the gifts of the Spirit. Because people's lives are dependent on these things. So when you stir up the flame, and this week, the rest of this week will be spent on just that. We're going to stir it up with two strategies. Tomorrow night and the following night. But tonight, let all the pastors come forward, turn inward, and amal wat nog in tale wil praat. Please don't now sit there. You know about it, but you want to go home and eat some chicken which you're not supposed to do with a Daniel Foster start off. And I'm sure you haven't got the appetite for a carrot. <laughs> Hallelujah. What have we done to ourselves, you know? But it's in the Bible. It's the Daniel fast. So we eat vegetables, no meat. Amen? I said, amen? amen. Unless you're a secret sinner in this regard. <laughs> Oh, you know, Pastor, I was, I was just, you know. Nobody's looking now. Yes, a piece of chicken. <laughs> sorry, Lord, I've sinned. I'm sorry about it. I'm back into the fast. Forget about it. Tomorrow, that stupid chicken is still in the fridge. A little bit of salt would make it taste better. Yeah. You will not be able to resist sin successfully without this fire. The stronger the fire, the less the appetite of any form of temptation. It drives it out of your system. So I'm going to spend two nights to get you into that fire. And then we're ready to celebrate Sunday. But I've got to get you, we've got to do two things Two specific strategy. I did the intro and I did the journaling and the constant creation. And then we said, now, tomorrow night, we're going to do this thing. And I think people's lives are going to be changed in this week. I really want you to be blessed. I want you to be a glow, fur, and burning with the Spirit, full of the Spirit of God. Can you say amen? amen. And now I say, Ali pastore come forward too. Pastors, come forward. You can minister with your wife. So stand with your wife. 
or if she does not want to come tonight, that's also fine. Then uh, you turn around to the audience and you stand with your wife and then anybody here tonight. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.